everybody. Welcome into the latest version of the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. This is your Thursday, January 5th episode. Hopefully you are doing well. This podcast itself finds you well. I think we have a good episode today talking about a bunch of Brown stuff that has come out of late and then really looking at the NFL's Week 18 and what's on the line. going to welcome in Jordan Zerm. Obviously, Jordan joins us for every Thursday episode he possibly conceivably can. We watch the Cavs pull out a really tricky weird odd victory that they figured out but but anyway yeah man jordan what's up buddy welcome in thanks man um yeah we uh Cavs had a game where they didn't look like a professional basketball team for about a half and and they still won so that's uh that's always encouraging um i'm good i i don't want to take us too far off topic but i want to ask you a question i tweeted this today so Love i uh, i flew back from i had a, a great uh, about like 10 11 days in cleveland over the holidays um had a really nice time with family, hanging out. Love to come back, stay with family, hang out in Cleveland. It was great. Flew back to L.A. last night. Um, flight leaves at like 8.30 p.m. Eastern, right? And everybody, you know, it's it's dark out. By the time we land, it's like a five-hour flight. By the time we land, it's basically 1 a.m. You know, Eastern, where I'm assuming most of these people uh, are are on have been on Eastern time or the flight originates in Eastern time, right? So I'm sitting next yeah. to this guy. Um and you know he he's re, he's doing a lot of reading. He has a book, um, and he he has his reading light on, the one that's like above your seat on an airplane, pretty yeah. bright. <laughs> uh, he has it on for most of the flight, uh, and I'm talking like you know when it's getting past eleven slash midnight out east. Uh, he's still got that reading light on. I, I was getting pretty annoyed. Now I'm not I'm not gonna I, I didn't take it to like sir, can you please turn your light off? I'm not gonna be that guy. I kind of was just dealing with it. Um, I was watching a movie that I was trying to go to sleep. Uh, that wasn't happening. What I am of the opinion, Jake, that I like past ten o'clock, eleven, and, and especially eleven o'clock. Like you got to turn that light off. You know, you just got to turn the light off if you're sitting next to somebody who also is like not reading and has their light on. I I'm curious for like, am I is that too much? Like, am I am I asking for too much? Do you think that's fair? Where do you, where do you come down on the uh, the reading light uh, situation on a on an evening flight? when it's when it's very dark in otherwise a very dark cabin in that plane i can't say i've any had an experience flying late for some reason i'm thinking of every flight i've ever been on they've all been relatively early so i've never been in your position but i know what i do which is absolutely nothing i wouldn't even say a word. i'd be pissed (laughs) i'd be stewing but i wouldn't say anything because i do everything i conceivably can maybe you're the same way there are people not wired like this, but they'll do, you know, they'll talk to, I don't want to talk to a soul at the airport unless oh, I absolutely, absolutely have to talk to you. And like, there was this one flight, man, and this is just my singular testament of like challenging myself to not say something. This guy on a flight next to me, middle seat guy is eating a sa- pulls out a sandwich mid flight, which again, a crowded flight, two people next to you don't know. You got, got to eat fine. But this brother, this dude was taken he had a like a deli sandwich he bought at the airport because you know it's ballsy to buy a deli sandwich at the airport. That's not it's like yeah, it was like you got to be, you like gotta you be careful at, there. Yeah, you'd like get it at a gas station, and he was yeah he was tearing the it apart as he ate it, not just taking bites. <laughs> it was the most messy thing I could it's, I couldn't see a way unless you just like buried your face in the sandwich and just went like went crazy with it that you could eat it in a more messy fashion than this guy tearing it apart. I was so annoyed that I was like sweating. I'm like, this is ridiculous, man. Crumbs are all over me. How can you not see? So I know that if I got through that, a reading light, I could 
I'd be pissed, but I could figure out a way to get through it, hoodie up or something. Like, but oh, I'm with yeah, you, man. No, People I mean, don't ever think about somebody else on a plane. It's amazing. No, they they don't. We could do a whole podcast on airplane etiquette. I uh, I'm with you. I'm I'm not somebody unless it's really some egregious behavior is happening. I'm I'm not going to say anything either. I just wanted mm-hmm. to kind of you know continue about my flight. But yeah, man, like. It, turn your light off, man. It's really bright, and it is it is not, it is past my bedtime, sir. You know, it's like turn yeah, off. Man. So anyway, like that was you, uh, that was fly my in, When you fly in from another place, like uh, Dallas or something, I'd fly out from, and I was working at this uh, home office was Dallas, and they would like wear something Ohio State home back to Columbus, and someone would be like, yeah. "Oh, you, you go to, no oh, man, we're just, I, I live in Ohio, man. Like you know, you don't have to start <laughs> this conversation. We don't have to do this. We're flying to Columbus. This isn't a stop." And we're going somewhere else. All right. Anyway, that's what it is for airplanes and flights. They all suck. And I feel like they just continue to get worse. And the holiday debacle didn't help anybody feel better about them. But but anyway, let's talk about a team flying to D.C. and coming back with a win. How do you feel about the Browns after this one? I feel like I told yesterday or the day before. I can't remember when I was with Jared last. But like this was the biggest pendulum swing between halftime. The world is burning down. And oh, OK, they're going to win. And this yeah. is fun in the second half. Like, where were you on that one? Yeah, I mean, I thought the the piece you wrote was was really really good on some of the changes they made in the second half. Um, I think to me this was why I always sort of rolled my eyes at all the the doom and gloom over the you know his first Deshaun Watson's first and uh, four starts and really offense um, as a whole because like it just I just thought it was so unreasonable to expect the Browns' offense to look like a well oiled machine at all. Um, you know, up until now i mean i think it probably looked worse than than we thought and we've talked about that but that's why i just like was like i'm not gonna panic i don't think deshaun watson has forgotten how to play football i don't think seven seven kevin stefanski has forgotten how to design offensive plays and they're both filling each other out like it's gonna take some time and i think like what you saw in the first half um although it looked really really bad they had some opportunities that sort of got ruined when um, the protection sort of broke down. I mean, I think the one that a lot of people have pointed to is um, when they're in the red zone and um, just, or, uh, excuse me, David and Joku kind of came open, but, but Deshaun kind of got flushed out and he was already, you know, sprinting out to the right and, and didn't really have an opportunity to, to get it to Njoku. But like the play design had, you know, a guy that was wide open and, and that happened other times too, where he just like didn't have the time in the pocket um, to make some of those throws. Um, and then I think you saw in the second half, better protection. And then what you wrote about where, you know, they really did some stuff off, off some of those, you know, kind of shotgun running looks and, um, you know, got Deshaun to use his legs a little bit. And, and it looked like a, I mean, it looked like a completely different football team. Um, so I feel, I mean, I feel it's obviously a relief to finally see it click because yeah, I mean, I think had you gone through that second half looking the same way, then, you'd be like, okay, like what, this is, what is going on? But I think you finally saw, to me, this is the reason why I never was freaking out about any of this, because like it, it was going to take time. And, and when it starts to click and when they figure some stuff out, which, you know, it, it's going to take those four or five games, I think you saw like like what it can be, especially when, you know, Deshaun is able to sort of avoid some pressure, step up, make some really good throws. Um, they can design some stuff to get, you know, Amari the ball for, for a big play and, and DPJ um, for a touchdown. Like, so, so I think it was, I think it was really, it should be pretty exciting because I think even regardless of what happens against the Steelers, like last game of the season is always a pretty wonky thing. Like 
I think you saw a glimpse of like how, how their offense might operate um, next season. And it was important to see that, but I, I just think that's why it was always like, everybody just, just chill out. Like it's, it's going to come. I think there's smart people both playing quarterback and um, coaching this offense that, that this was going to be the result eventually. So I, I'm glad it happened, but this was why I was never really freaking out. Like a, a lot of other people were, I think. Yeah, it, it's a good point. All well said. It was a, um, you know, these six games are always going to be weird. I've kind of said it. It's yeah. hard to, it's hard to throw someone in adjust on the fly, especially with all the things surrounding Deshaun and just expect it to hit the ground running. And listen, a lot of us got out in front of that and we can admit it that we thought it would just immediately hit. And then when I saw him, against the Texans, I'm like, yeah, I can tell that there's a lot of stuff mentally swarming with him about this game. So it's going to take time, but, but I'm glad they're getting these six in and retrospect these six games will be important because you go into next year, the early season games that are always important without the, I haven't played in a thousand days. Right. So uh, that part of it, that part of it should work itself out a little bit. Um, Other Browns news and really big Browns news, because there hasn't been, this situation for Cleveland fans for a long time. Pro Bowl list came out and there are 15 names, um, some good names left off, 15 names that made it. All right, ready for these? Let's talk through who you think the five will be. Um, Darrell Revis, uh, stints with the Jets. This is a uh, hall, hall of Fame list. I think you said Pro Bowl. These are, this Did is I the say hall Pro Bowl? Fame hall of Fame list. There we Darrell go. Revis, Darrell Revis will be in the Pro Bowl this year. He's coming back. And he's <laughs> in. Well, they're not even playing the Pro Bowl. At they're this not point. playing. They're just it. doing like Thank fun tic tac toe games and stuff of that nature. So it'll be yeah, a great yeah. time. They're playing Wordle. All they have to do. Play <laughs> yeah. All they have to do is just have the old. Remember the old competitions they used to do? The quarterback oh, club man, competitions. That's all we need. Make it simple. Um, Okay, yes, Hall of Fame, where they put the best players to ever play the game. Darrell Rivas is one of the 15. Um, Joe Thomas is, um, you know, one of the 15 as well. We thought that would happen. The only other offensive lineman, Willie Anderson, uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals uh, for 11 years and then one year to close out his career with the Baltimore Ravens. Torrey Holt is on the list. I think he was last year, too. I'm not totally sure. I think he was. I think you're right. Um, So he's there with the Rams and then closed out with the Jags. Reggie Wayne, who played his entire career with the Colts. Andre Johnson. This list just makes me feel old. Andre Johnson. Yeah. They're starting to get to guys 14. that like we yeah. grew up watching, and I don't yeah. I don't love that. <laughs> hate it. I really hate it. They're like, oh, all right. Who did I see? Oh, yeah, I saw Derrick Henry turn 29. I feel like Derrick Henry is like 10 years older than me, and he's five yeah. years younger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, amazing. I don't like that either. Uh, not one bit. Andre Johnson. So he was with the Texans for 11 years, Colts for one, Titans for one, Jared Allen. Um, you know, not the Jared Allen, you think defensive end for Kansas city, Minnesota. I think I remember most from Minnesota. He had a couple years with Chicago and closed out Carolina. DeMarcus Ware, perpetually underrated long eight years with the Cowboys and then closed out with that super bowl with the Broncos, Dwight Freeney, Mr. Spin move himself with the Colts, uh, for a significant amount of time, a decade and ended up going through 14. And he bounced around to a lot of late career teams, man. He went to the Chargers, the Cardinals, the Falcons, the Seahawks, and the Lions. Do you know Dwight Freeney was playing in 2017? I feel like Dwight Freeney retired in like 2012. That's amazing. I didn't I didn't realize he I, – I knew he had jumped around to a couple teams after the Colts. I didn't realize it was that many. There's a bunch of teams. Albert Lewis is the um, name that I think would probably be most people going, huh? Fantastic cornerback in the, the uh, mid-'80s to the mid-'90s with the Chiefs. And then had four years in the up ninety four to ninety eight. He's kind of the the latest tenured player in here with the um, Oakland Raiders, where he finished. Rondé Barber, Tampa Bay ninety seven through twenty twelve, long run there. One team, 
Devin Hester, a lot of fun. 06 through 13 with Chicago, with the Falcons for a couple years, 16 with the Ravens, 16 with the Seahawks, and then he was done. Zach Thomas, again on this list, 96 through 2007. Miami, 08 Cowboys, finished his career. Patrick Willis, who played seven years with San Francisco, linebacker. And then lastly, Darren Woodson, who played uh, 92 through 04 at the Cowboys. So that's the 15. So we have to dwindle that down to five. Um, You're looking at only two offensive linemen in this group. So Willie Anderson had a nice, a fantastic career. And there were, you're talking about Jonathan Ogden and Willie Rofe, and there were a ton of great offensive tackles. I mean, Pace was in this group for a while. From 97 through 06, he was with, uh, he, he had only missed two games with the Bengals from 97 to 06. That's a great run of, of health, man. Like a great run and longevity. From 03 to 06, he was first team all pro. Um, no, sorry, I take that back. He was AFC Pro Bowler 03 to 06, and then he was 04, 05, 06, first team all pro. Um, blocked for Corey Dillon, who was rushing record at the time, um, among other nice stretches of uh, of play. Um, the only other, like I said, that I wanted to mention him, Jordan, because he's the offensive tackle rival to yep. Joe. It feels like most people think Joe Thomas is a lock in this class, which is so cool. Um, 10 years with the Browns, 10 straight Pro Bowls, six first-team All-Pro selections, and his obvious record for most snaps consecutively played, which is which is really awesome, too. Um, I think we can mark Joe Thomas in. Would you agree? I uh, I would agree. I think it's well-deserved for Joe, and, and that'll be a pretty cool moment for, for Browns fans as, as the guy that really um, – the only consistently good thing about the, those Browns teams for a very long time. So that will be, that will be pretty cool. Who, who's the last hall of famer from Cleveland? Oh man. Um, I do not know. <laughs> I could not give yeah. you that answer off the top of my head. Let's see um, if we can find this out. So Cleveland Browns in the pro football hall of fame. Let's see if we can figure out the most recent ones. There's not been one for a while. Um, I mean, I'm trying to see if I'm seeing the right spot. I mean, a lot of older names, Jim Brown, you know, Paul Brown, Leroy Kell. I don't know. I I mean, Ozzy, I don't know if some of these guys, I don't know if, let's see if we can figure out Cleveland Browns in the pro football hall of fame. We'll do it live. All right. Sure. uh, like, Like Quincy Morgan didn't make it. Ah, close call. I think he was a final cut. <laughs> yeah, I think he made the, sure he the was. last round of voting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ben Gay, Lee Suggs is in there. I find this right now, but mm-hmm. this is, I, I can't think of the last, I mean, it had, I don't there, think it's been in our lifetimes. Yeah. There isn't anybody from the nineties, you know, can yeah. you, I mean, um, nope. since the return, right? Nope. No, certainly not. Yeah. So you're looking at like the eighties and nineties. Uh, it's, it's, um, so Cleveland Browns Pro Football Hall of Fame list, the complete list of guys. So Groza is in, Paul Brown, Gene Hickers. I'm trying to find the last guy, like the last year, year inducted for Paul Brown with 67. Um, inducted 74 for Groza. Gene Hickerson was inducted in 07. So that's a long, that's a long overdue. Oh, Ozzie yeah. Newsom's in. He was inducted in 99. I'd have to imagine that's the last like okay yep. real one. Dante Lavelli was seventy five. Frank Gatsky was eighty five. Otto Graham was sixty five. Leroy Kelly was ninety four. Jim Brown was seventy one. 
Mike McCormick was 84. Paul Warfield was 83. Marion Motley was 68. Yeah, I can't, I can't think of any more. 76 for Lynn Ford. Bill Willis was 77. Max Speedy, what's up? He was inducted in 2020. There had to be some, you know, late group or something. Yeah. Lynn Daw. Like, I'm looking at guys who stopped and played in Cleveland. But, yeah, that's it. I mean, you're, you're talking about the last one was like Ozzie Newsom in 99. I mean, is the last like, oh, that guy's a real Browns legend to make it in. That's um, that's pretty crazy that this has been a long drawn out thing. I would have to imagine Canton will be pretty flooded with Cleveland people. Yes, yes, it will. Okay, so Darrell Revis, yes or no? Um, I think. I mean, I'm going to skew towards guys that I, you know, watched a lot of and know about. I just feel like the run Darrell had was as good of a run as a like are they you know Revis Island time was mm-hmm. as good of a run for a cornerback. So I'll say yes. I'll say yes to Revis because I just think he's probably one of the best corners uh, to ever play. And that stretch of play was probably as, as good as any corner has ever had. Okay. So Darrell's yes. Joe Thomas. Yes. Willie Anderson. I would agree with you on Revis. Willie Anderson. Yes or no. Uh, well, I think like you and I were talking about, I think I, I couldn't, it's going to be hard to see them put in more than one offensive lineman. So I'd probably say, I'd probably say no. I think, I think they'll take Joe and I, I don't think Willie will make it. Agreed. I'm a no on him. Tory Holt. Man, that one's that one's hard. I mean, I I loved that those Rams teams, that the greatest show on turf. That was like right when I started really watching football. Um, mm-hmm. But again, like I don't I don't know off the top of my head like how his numbers compare to you know He's other a seven time that Pro I've Bowler, seven time yeah. Pro Bowler, one time All Pro. Yeah, um, that's tough, man. What do you? I, I, what are your thoughts there? He's on the borderline. Reggie Wayne. Yeah. I feel like yeah. Reggie Wayne was a better player. Um, I would. I would agree. I, I would. Time Pro I, Bowl. I, I Reggie put... Wayne, one-time Pro Bowl, um, one-time All-Pro for Reggie Wayne. I guess it comes yeah. down to which one of those three do you want, Tory Reggie or Andre Johnson? Yeah, um, it seems like all three Man. of those. Boy, I really loved Andre Johnson. Um, let's see what his numbers were. He was a seven-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. He had 14,185, 70 touchdowns with terrible Houston quarterbacks. Oh, man. Oh, he just, just absolutely terrible. He was DeAndre Hopkins before DeAndre Hopkins got there in terms of like playing with with a lot of – and at least DeAndre oh, got to play with Deshaun for a little bit. So, um, for sure. 14,345, yeah, 82 touchdowns for Reggie Wayne. Uh, Torrey Holt was – 13,382, 74 touchdowns. I probably would lean Andre Johnson in this. I circle. think I would. I think I would too. Man, I'd, I'd, pro- I'd probably go Andre, Reggie, Torrey. All right, here's the Houston quarterbacks on the runs of uh, Andre Johnson. <laughs> David <laughs> Carr. David Carr for a while through like 06. Yeah, so David Carr's still there in 06, 07. Matt Schaub comes in. You yeah, run Matt baby. Schaub for a little while. Um, Boy, oh boy. Just horrendous stuff there. Uh, Tough. Tough for Andre. Schaub's there. TJ Yates is getting some starts. What's up, TJ Yates? Wonder what he's up to. Uh, Schaub and Yates again through 2012. So you're getting David Carr, Schaub, and TJ Yates are the quarterbacks for this guy. Case Keenum comes in a little bit in 13, 14. Here's his run through of quarterbacks who started games. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Case Keenum, Ryan Mallett. Golly. That's your guys. Oh, man. Ryan Mallett. 
yeah forgot that's about who, Ryan that's who he played with man and like Brian Hoyer went there the next year and was around I don't know if if uh yeah that was then DeAndre Hopkins got there I think 13 was the last Andre Johnson year uh let me see here yeah he went for 14 like he went for 109 catches 1407 yards catching balls from Matt Schaub and Case Keenum yeah it's, it's amazing yeah I think I'm going to go Andre Johnson so that's our third all right. But I can also see that. them not taking any of those three. I don't view Jared Allen as a pro as an all, a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I think you got to decide between DeMarcus Ware and Dwight Freeney, probably. Yeah. Is I, is what you're looking at with those two pass rushers? I probably and I'd probably lean Freeney there, although that's just like personal preference, I think. Just because like DeMarcus Ware, here we go. Nine time Pro Bowler, four time all pro. Yeah. He had um see his sacks he had 138 and a half sacks for demarcus ware so freeney always want to say from uh boy meets world freeney uh, 125 and a half sacks <laughs> for him seven time pro bowl three time all pro it's probably going to end up being demarcus ware yeah i think you're probably right he played how many seasons did he play here he had 178 games freeney had 218 games and he outproduced him in that time so yeah wow that's that's a that's a significant difference so um we would probably lean that direction we got our four yeah and then i'm probably not going to take i don't know albert lewis's background well enough to know i'm not take i just ronde barber was fine I, i mean i guess you could angle i mean the angle for me would be either devin hester or sorry ronde barber devin hester one of these linebackers yeah that's sort of the the list and like to me, when I know Patrick Willis only played seven years, but we just did this with Calvin Johnson. There was no linebacker more for, for scary than Patrick Willis. That dude yep. was unbelievable. He was a seven-time Pro Bowler, first team, uh, five-time All-Pro in seven years. Oh, man. Like, yeah. He was the defensive rookie of the year, All-Pro his rookie year, and then All-Pro second team, first team, first team, first team, first team. Like That was his run, and he had a Pro Bowler as yep. a 28 year old and then he missed time and got you know the the injury that set him out and decided to retire in 2014 that guy's run was scary dude i would that if you're talking about like what like that he's he's it like i I think that's my fifth guy i don't know what you think but he was yeah i I mean it's hard to argue with the with the five all pros i um i think it's interesting with like sort of the specialists like a guy like devin hester because they he's just so elite at that one thing and everybody knows him for that one thing that it almost makes it like you know it almost feels like it's easier for guys to vote for him because it's like oh Devin Hester like we associate him you know with kickoff and punt returns and one of the you know best to ever do it so that would be my other guy but I think like it's really hard to the resume that Patrick Willis is putting forward is in a in a position where you know you're just on the field more you know on a snap to snap basis making a an impact is just greater than um, obviously what Devin Hester was doing. So I, I'd probably lean there, but I do think that like somebody like Devin Hester will have, you know, a, a fairly good chance of getting in just because they, uh, it's such a niche category and they just, you know, dominated it so thoroughly. Yeah, he was, he was so good. Hester was, I mean, he I don't, was unreal. I don't have a, I don't have a problem with those guys getting in. Um, yeah. You know, like, like you said, I just think right now with the list that's there, I don't think it quite makes sense yet, but his time, at least to me, will eventually um will eventually show up because he's yep. he was he was so gifted and it sucks for cribs because like i feel like cribs ends up being that forgotten name you know what i mean that um yep. 
that, 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 that gets left out of that whole thing, but that's here or there. Um, there are some guys who I wanted to mention were not, uh, did not make it. Here's a semifinalist who came up short, Steve Smith, senior Anquan Bolden, mm-hmm. Fred Taylor, Heinz Ward, James Harrison, I guess Heinz Ward and James Harrison, London Fletcher, yeah. sup John Carroll, Vince Wilfork, Robert Mathis, Rodney Harrison, Jahari, Jahari Evans, Ricky Waters. I uh, used to dominate with Ricky Waters in the early forms of Madden. <laughs> um, Henry Ellard and Eric Allen. I don't feel like any of those guys were unfairly left out of this group, personally. Yeah, um, um, some good names in there though that will have their uh, that will have their time. They will have their time. Listen, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We've got two more points we want to hit on, and then we will wrap this thing up. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. So the NFL's got a pickle on their hands, man. We are not going to spend time talking about how they handled the DeMar Hamlin situation, which has worked itself out. Talked about Jared the other day. You know, we're all hoping and praying for positive news. I'm a little uneasy now this far away from it that we still haven't heard anything. Uh, that is greatly encouraging, but I'm, I'm certainly like everybody else out there in the world sending all the positive vibes we can, Jordan. But the NFL's got to figure out this game because there's a lot on the line. I mean, this is not this is not some random throwaway game here like this game matters and it's uh it's a weird little spot they're in with this so i mean i think at this point it feels like they're not going to play it and if yeah. they don't play it you know i don't know how they work this whole thing man what, what what vibe are you getting paying closer attention to it than i am yeah i mean i think i, I think that's how i feel too like i just i just don't know how especially if you're a bills player um it just seems like it would be so hard to regroup uh, even with this sort of week in between and, and go out there and, and just and finish this game against the, the team you were playing when it happened on the same field where it happened. Like I, 
I just don't know how you do it. I mean, I think you like a lot of people saw the, you know, Stefan Diggs making his way to the hospital after the game just because he wanted to be there. Like it just had such a profound impact on on everybody that was in the vicinity of it that you, I just feel like having to having to reassemble in that in the same spot where it happened would just be really hard. Um, I think I saw today that that Joe Burrow basically said, you know, we'll do we'll do whatever the Bills want to do. Um, so they're they're kind of like leaving it up to them. And I, I just think it would be, I just think it would be hard. So I, I'm leaning towards the game just being, being canceled and like the outcome, just not, you know, not counting towards, towards anything. So that that's where I'm at right now. Um, I don't know if that changes. If, if, if like there's a, like tomorrow we get a major positive development in Hamlin's sort of um, status at the hospital. But I just, like you said, like it's been very quiet. I'm not sure I understand. Oh, Siri is attacking me. Um, it's been very quiet and um, I just don't think we're going to get any significant update until, you know, the end of the week. So um, I I would not be surprised if the NFL announced tomorrow that that the game's just not going to get played. That's kind of where I'm at. It does stink though, because, you know, I've heard some people talk about holding the chiefs out of their week 18 matchup, because then I've almost thought, what if you just gave both teams a win? It sucks that like the Chiefs lost to both the Bills and Bengals, and they could profit from this. Like yeah, that's yep. the part that stinks. Is the Chiefs are thirteen and three, the Bills are twelve and three, and the Bengals are eleven and four. And it's like if you just no game it, which is probably, I mean, there's no way to make everybody happy, but like no. if you just no game it, the Chiefs are set to be the profiters of this whole thing, right? Like they get the buy, and and then it's like. If you give both teams a win, which I've thought is an interesting angle to go about it, because then the Bills would be tied with the Chiefs, justifiably so. But then you give the Bengals the division, because if the Bengals had lost yep. that game, you know the Bengals would be essentially a, a one-on-one matchup there with the Ravens to to win the division. So it's tricky, man. I don't know what the best route is, and I think people are all like, push it back for a week. You got to understand the planning that goes into these sites and locations and all of that stuff that it's not as easy as just push things back a week, right? Like there's just more to it. So yep. Um, yep. it's, it's crazy and really unfortunate. And I think some fan base is going to end up getting really, <laughs> really offended by it. Unfortunately. Yeah. When, when I just, I, I do at least think because of sort of the severity of the, of the injury and, and because how everyone has sort of rallied around it, like I, no matter what they do in terms of like, I, I just don't think it's going to get played and, and whatever happens uh, and whatever outcome that means, uh, I think people will for the most part be okay with it just because of, you know, what, what happened. And um, I, yeah, but my, my best guess is that game just gets canceled and, and they, they go on with the rest of the games kind of this weekend as, um, as was previously planned. Um, I think that's probably, Really, exactly. Like the the only logistically, like it just seems like everything else would be pretty difficult. Let's look at the rest of this situation coming up this weekend. So as far as the AFC goes, here are the teams that have spots clinched. The Chiefs have clinched the West. The Bills have clinched the East. The Bengals and Ravens have both clinched a playoff berth, but depending on whatever weird outcome comes from that game, if it's a no game, I guess the Bengals would, they would clinch, right? Yeah, they would clinch. They'd win it by a half game because they would be the Ravens. The max they could get to is eleven and six, and the Bengals could fall to eleven and five. So, yeah, in theory, since he would win the division that way, that's kind of why I lean toward giving both teams a win because since he is going to probably get that anyway. But anyway, nonetheless, those two teams are in. See what happens with the FC North. 
The Chargers are also in. They clinched a playoff berth. Here's who's fighting. We have to figure out who's going to win the South, which apparently in the AFC that is a division. It's either Titans or Jags. <laughs> the winner takes it. Oh, yeah, that's um, a winner-take-all. It is a winner-take-all for the fifth playoff spot. The sixth playoff spot goes to, it feels like one of the Patriots or Dolphins, but they both play yeah. games that matter because the Jets are hovering there too. Uh, I know the Jets are eliminated. Are the Jets eliminated? I don't um, know. It doesn't say here that they're, they are eliminated. Jets are eliminated. So are maybe the Jets there. won't take it. As but the Dolphins are also starting like Skylar Thompson. They so, are starting their third string quarterback. So yeah, that doesn't, it doesn't always equal. Well. So here are the three teams on the bubble. Dolphins obviously need a Bills win over the Patriots to get in, which is very plausible. Um, yep. The Steelers need both the Dolphins and, and Patriots, the Patriots to lose, lose. Yep. and beat the Browns. And then obviously the Titans have to beat the Jaguars and they're in. So those are your, those are your bubble teams. Um, I feel like Jacksonville wins because they're facing. Dobbs I think Dobbs. shout out to Dobbs, but I don't think shout out to Dobbs. Uh, the Jaguars are a team of destiny. They're going our way. The Super Bowl. You heard it here first. Love it. It's a big call out. It's like the Jags. <laughs> what, what year did they go into Denver and beat uh, the division? Oh man. 99 uh... or something. It was early, maybe even before. No, yeah. It was 96. I think the, the Broncos were still wearing the old orange and blue uniforms. They, um, they went in there, Mark Brunel. Young, young, and, and who could forget uh, that defense they had in whatever year that was when Blake Bortles simply could, just couldn't do enough to get them on the cusp of going uh, to the Super Bowl. On the cusp of going to the Super Bowl with Blake Bortles as your quarterback, so close yet so far. Is that re- was it Blake Bortles that saved lives from a helicopter crash recently? No, was that was uh, that was Blaine Gabbert. Ah, they're all the same. They're all the same. Yeah, they they Blaine actually Gabbert, they're Bortles. the same person. Blaine Gabbert and Blake Bortles are. are the same person. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure they are pretty similar people. <laughs> Shout out to There's the Missouri grad. Um, so, all right. So the NFC side is 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 just as limited. The Eagles have won the East. The 49ers have clinched the West. The Vikings have clinched the North, and the Bucks have clinched that ungodly uh, NFC South. That wasteland South is a wasteland. Uh, Cowboys have clinched a playoff berth and the Giants have clinched a playoff berth. Amazingly cannot, Wild. still can't fathom it. Daniel uh, in Jones the hunt, in the playoffs, baby. Yeah, Daniel Jones. Can't wait to see uh, vanilla Vic in the playoffs. <laughs> Seahawks just have to win. They play the Rams. I think they just have to win and they're in the lions and Packers sit on the bubble here. Um, I don't know what the scenario the, is for either of those. Do you know if them? the Packers? I think if the Packers win, they're in. Really? Okay, because this has. I think they just had to win. I think they just had to win out, and they're one game away, like the last three games, and they're one, they're one game away from doing that, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so the Packers control their destiny of these three teams. So if they both go nine and eight, the Packers and Seahawks, they're in. That's what you heard here. The Packers Lions game, but they're both in. What if the Lions win? Do they get in over the Seahawks? Um, that's a this year. That's a really good question. That one I don't know off the top of my head. The Seahawks beat the Lions 48-45 in an okay. absolute early October shootout in the OK Corral. Who would have thought? Um, who would have thunk it? Um, it looks like then the Seahawks would get in over the Lions. Yep. If the Seahawks lose to Baker Mayfield, what's up? And the Rams, you're talking about well, that's a Lions. Why people were, victory. That's why people were upset about the scheduling about those games. Because if the Seahawks, the Seahawks have a game in the early window, I believe, mm-hmm. and Lions-Packers is in the evening. But if the Seahawks lose, then that game kind of becomes, 
or I'm sorry, if the Seahawks win, that game becomes basically moot for the Lions, I think. There's there's just some like that people want yeah, it those would games it would essentially at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, if, if the Lions, you know, they would go into that game with we have no chance to get in now. Because right. the Seahawks win. Um, so so it takes a I'm little bit of, uh, of the bite out of that game, which would have been a lot of fun. So would have been a lot of fun. But the Rams could, you know, they could shock them. I don't that's, know where that game is, true. but they could. We'll keep an eye on that. Um, all right. So I think the you said Jags are going to run. I think the Dolphins end up getting in. A miracle story. I refuse to believe Pittsburgh's getting in. So I'm saying the Dolphins no. get in, and then the Packers get in. And I think you said Jags make a run. I think the Packers make a run in the playoffs. That's my, yeah, I uh, I was mostly kidding about the Jaguars, but the Packers could actually uh, could actually do it because of who their quarterback is, which makes me upset. But um, it could happen. The Jags hosting a playoff game. The Jags would host. <laughs> it would probably be a four or five Jags hosting the Chargers, which would be a really fun play. Oh, game. you know what? That would actually be a blast because both those quarterbacks are are in the zone right now. Um, yeah. That would actually be a ton of fun. It would be a ton of fun. A lot going on. The Browns have a lot to play for, as we've talked about, covered here on the show. Got to beat the Steelers, go 4-2 and two in the division. You can win five of your last seven games, which is meaningful, going into a, yeah. a next year where the core will be largely intact. Um, what's your vibe? What do you think? What do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, I think there's just the vibes are immaculate after the Washington game. Um, I think they're feeling good for the first time about themselves uh, since Deshaun uh, took over. And I think that will carry over. I just like the Steelers just don't do anything, especially offensively, that worries me all that much. I'll, I'll I will say Kenny Pickett had some nice throws uh, towards the end of that game against the Ravens, but like overall, I just you know they just don't they don't frighten me very much, uh, especially how they especially how they call their play calling and offensive philosophy. They just still do a lot of things that I think are are fairly dumb. Uh, so no, I mean I think. You know, it's in Pittsburgh. They obviously have something to play for, but that, you know, it's one of those games where, like, the pressure is just so squarely on them and the Browns can kind of just go out and do their thing and it doesn't really matter. Um, that I think, like, they're going to call. I think they're going to win. Jake, I do. I think they're going to end it with a win. I think, like, they found some stuff that worked last week and that's uh, that's a really big deal. Um, so I think they're, they're going to go in Pittsburgh. And, uh, again, this is not only would they um, – you know, end the Steelers playoff hopes, but you give, I'm so tired. I know it's impressive. I know you like Mike Tomlin. This is a very impressive thing, but like, I'm so tired of hearing about how he's never had a losing season as a head coach. I'm over it, done with it. And I'd like to give him one. So, uh, so that's where I'm at. I think they're going to do it. I would love, I would love that streak to end too. There's a lot of pompous stuff uh, from the folks out East about that. So that's a wrap for today. A lot of stuff going on around the NFL, even though it's been a somber and justifiably so a somber week, there's, a huge amount of stuff on the line this weekend. So hopefully you're a little more knowledgeable about what's to come and shout out to our guy, Joe Thomas. So, you know, hopefully Joe gets the the call he deserves. That would be really cool for him and Cleveland fans and uh, probably much needed <laughs> in, a, in a tough stretch of years here. So uh, all, overall good stuff. Jordan, we appreciate you, man, very much. Hey man, thank you for having me on. Um, one more week to go, Jake. And then that'll do it for the Browns portion of, of this season. So it's, it's wild that we've, we've arrived here. But uh, a lot of fun QBs in the playoffs, so I think that will um, that will entice me. Uh, I think I'm going to adopt. I'm going to announce it here. I'm, I am going to adopt. No, the, don't adopt yet. We'll adopt next week. We'll adopt okay, we'll our, adopt our next week. You're team. right. I'll hold it. Okay. I'll hold it. I'll hold it. Hold that. Hold that. So listen, Browns football was played this year. That's my now. It was played. They did it. They went out <laughs> and played. Games were played. Games. 
right? Yep. But, uh, some were lost, some were won, Jake. Some were yep. lost, some were won. All right, man, good stuff, Jordan. Thanks, buddy. We appreciate you so much. Guys, we will be back, hopefully, with John Colosimo tomorrow and then get with Brad Ward for our weekend preview um, and, and kind of make it a bigger weekend preview because I don't really want to talk to a Steelers cast. I'm just not in the mood to hear the jovial spirits of Pittsburgh Steelers analysts telling me a bunch of nonsense so anyway guys have a great thursday i hope you and your family are well thanks for stopping by and listening to this episode and um, like i said have a great day and go browns